Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. Wonderful to have you all here. My name is Gabe Phillips. It's a huge privilege to be able to host you this evening. I'm one of the pastors here at Life Changes. The resident uh, redhead, they allow one per church, so it's really, really good to be here with you. And uh, uh, this is my lovely wife, you saw on the screen, her name is Fiona, we've been married for just about four years now, and she is uh, holding our beautiful baby girl, Olivia Grace. And uh, I don't know how your year has been or how you mark different years, but 2017 for me will always be the year where I became a dad. Nine months ago, I, get, I didn't give birth to this girl, my wife did. But I was there emotionally. Emotionally, I was there. And, uh, and nine months ago, she, we, had, we had this incredible radio just who's turned our lives upside down, named Olivia Grace. And I want to just uh, bring some confessions to, to light this evening that actually becoming a dad wasn't, uh, wasn't just, was, was this amazing emotional experience where everything changed overnight. But there's a few things that I wasn't told up front that would happen to me. And maybe some dads will be able to identify with this. But uh, overnight, or as almost by magic, when I became a dad, I now cannot stay awake in a movie. No matter what movie I'm watching, no matter whether it's the biggest, most amazing blockbuster, as soon as I hit the couch, the movie goes on, I become like my dad and I fall asleep. Too much to the, 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 the irritation of my wife, because I keep waking up going, who's he? What's he doing? What's happening? She says, well, stay awake for the movie. I'm like, what happened to me? Another thing that's happened to me just becoming a dad now is I've become my father. I get into bed and I read a book that I've had next to my bedside table for the whole year, and I've read the same page night after night after night before I fall asleep. It's like I just cannot move on from that page. It's like I have become Rowan Phillips. That's my dad, if anyone wants to know. It's, it's crazy. And the third thing that's happened is that uh, I've ended up telling the same stories over and over again to my wife as if she's never heard them before. And, uh, but I always say that a good story is like a, a good t-shirt. You only need seven to make it through a week. But um, I, I start telling Fee a story and she'll say to me, I've heard this one. And she does it very politely and kindly, and uh, I'm running a little bit low. But I, I say all this because this is what's happened to me this year. I don't know how you mark your year, but I feel that I've become my dad in many respects. I've definitely become Olivia's dad. But uh, I just think it's, it's not just a, a thing that fathers do. They go in this change, and, they, and all these silly, quirky things start to happen to your dad, falling asleep in movies, getting stuck on the same page. Night after night after night, or, or saying the same dad jokes again and again and again. I, I believe that it's actually a human problem. Uh, it's a human nature for us to, to, to get stuck. We just get stuck in the same habits. And you, all you have to do is you have to go to the gym at this time of year. I want to say thank you, everyone who's, who's made Virgin Active parking lots the emptiest places. They're so easy for me. In December, everyone goes on the binge. They forget about Virgin Active. But January 1, without fail, that parking lot will be full. Can I get an amen? I know it. I know it. It's the human nature that we get stuck in the same cycles. Every year will be the year of the athletes again. Next year, I'm going to become healthy. I'm going to become fit. And we become like stuck records. We get stuck in a rut. We get stuck in a habit. We get stuck in the same painful memories. We get stuck in the same frustrations. We get stuck having the same hurtful conversations every Christmas with family members without fail. We get stuck having the same conversation over and over, reading the same page over and over again. We become stuck. It's human nature. But I want to tell you that I don't believe it's just a millennial thing or a 21st century thing. Tonight, what I wanted to help us understand is that, that getting stuck 
has always been a problem for humankind. It's, a, it's, a, it's the problem all the way through Scripture as well. You see that in Scripture, the story of the Bible is of a people who got stuck. God was always calling a people forward, calling them out of and into a new future, a bigger, brighter story. But the people could never really move on because they got stuck in their same habits, stuck in their same repetition. They got stuck in their own shame, returning to the same sin and same pattern again and again and again. So much so that the Bible, if you didn't know, that it was split into two parts. There's the Old Testament. And then there's the New Testament. And the, new te- the Old and the New were the end of Malachi all the way to the first four books of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It is separated. There's just one page that separates them, if I can get there with one hand. It's much harder than it looks, I promise. Ugh. I want to show you this. It's very exciting. So in my Bible, when I lose the cover, is there's one page that separates the Old and the New Testament, from Malachi to the start of the Gospels, just one page. I don't know if you've got that in your Bible, just it's a blank page. In my Bible, it says the New Testament, but it's a blank page in people's Bibles. Little pe- not many people know that that little blank page represents 400 years. From the end of Malachi to the start of the four Gospels is 400 years. 400 years of silence, what the scholars will call the intertestimonial period. They'll call uh, the silent years, where it, it seemed like God had gone silent on his people. Again, I say, had God gone silent or had the people stopped listening? And the, the problem happened was for 400 years, God had stopped speaking, and the people had got stuck in a rut. It just seemed like they, they could not move forward into the good things that God had for them. The people got stuck in guilt and shame. They got stuck in regret. They got stuck in humiliation. They got stuck in dead religion because they were people that had come out of captivity in Babylon, and they now were struggling to understand how they were going to live free. They could not move on. They still were living as slaves, even though they were free, and God was calling them forward but they were stuck. This evening, my simple task, in the next 12, 13 minutes, before we have free cappuccinos, the mince pies are tomorrow. But before we do that together, my simple job this evening is, I want to invite you and I, this Christmas, just to, to open our hearts with faith, to hear God's call to you and I, and it's a simple thing. Would you and I turn the page? Would we turn the page? What do I mean by this? A whole bunch of people in the Bible, they were people that could not move into the new that God was saying. Jesus had come in the form of a baby, but a whole group of people could not turn that page, that page that represents 400 years. The people could not take the step into the new that God had for them, the more that God had for them, because they were stuck, stuck in their shame, stuck in their pain, stuck in their regret. They could not move forward. And I believe many of us, myself included, have often got way too stuck in my walk with God, my engagement with, uh, with, with Him in this life because I've got stuck. And I want to ask you, would you have the courage this evening to turn the page with me? Everyone all right? Merry Christmas, everyone. Nice to see you all. So how are we going to do this this evening is I want to walk you through the three characters on this side of the page. The first three people groupings, that the, the angel Gabriel, and this, my name is Gabriel, by the way, but I'm no angel, so, uh, but the angel Gabriel, who, he came and he spoke the very words of life to three people after 400 years of silence, 400 years of silence, the first three groupings of people that the heavens opened up upon were these three people, and I think that we can learn something from them this evening. Number one was a couple called Zechariah and Elizabeth. The first group of people that the angels appeared to were called Zechariah and Elizabeth. The first page, as you turn the page, 400 years of silence, is this old, godly, religious couple. 
there was this really godly religious couple who went to church. I can imagine if they were modern day context, went to church week in and week out. They actually were pedigreed. They were from a religious background. Elizabeth from her side had, had forefathers who had been priests. Zachariah had, from his side, he was a priest and, and his parents were priests. So when they got together years before, these, this, this power couple in the, in the spiritual community, everyone could have looked at him and said, you know what? When those two come together, they, their son, their child is going to be amazing. But the marriage started, the marriage carried on, and after year after year, there was no child. And I can imagine this was a faith-filled family who were, who were longing for a child. Because you see, in that community, your child, if you had a son or, or a daughter, if you had a child, that would be your inheritance for the future. That was your, your success as a, as a parent in the community would be the longevity of your family name. But this couple did not have that. And I can imagine them going to church most weeks and standing in faith and and they're a good couple and everyone knew them and like, oh, good people, good people, those people. Zachariah, Elizabeth, good people. I can imagine them early on going, you know what, we're trusting for a child. And everyone goes, amen. Can I imagine? The next year, there was no baby. But they got up again, we're we're trusting for a child. Maybe a little bit of a lesser volume. And everyone, yes. But after a few years, that got a bit awkward. So they just thought we would write the prayer request down. Wouldn't maybe say it so loud because it's a bit embarrassing for us. So they just, they just mumbled it. We're trusting for a child. And, and now it was not really a community gathering because it's a bit awkward now. People stop asking, hey, how's, how, where's the child? It's, now, it's gone a few years. And actually starts asking, people ask questions. Can people can, at home, it became the topic of conversation going, poor Zach and Liz, still no baby. Such good people, such godly people, always praying. They're always there at church. They're always doing the right thing. What's going on? That's not fair. And disappointment started to set in. I can imagine them, them saying, why, why not our prayers? They saw other people, maybe who were less godly than them. People who played, didn't play the game as well as them. Their prayers were answered. Why, why are bad things happening to good people? Maybe you've asked that question before. They're saying, come on, why not us? And there's a scripture in the Proverbs which says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I can imagine after all these years, years and years out, Luke 1 tells us that, that Zechariah, as his custom, went to the temple every year, still, still doing his job, still doing his priestly duty, but I can imagine with a bit of disappointment in his, in his heart. Not with, no longer with the upbeat step of confidence, now a little bit dejected, going, actually, yeah, I, I'm going to keep going, but come on, why not me? They long for it. Maybe, maybe for you, this, it's, it's, it's your story as well. Maybe you're sitting here tonight. And this year, 2017, has been that type of year. You've longed maybe for a child. Maybe that's literally your story. You've been praying, saying, God, I want a child. Or, or maybe you've been saying, God, I'm praying for a relationship to be restored. And you've prayed, and it hasn't happened. Maybe you've been longing for a friend to say sorry. Just, just if they say sorry, then, then it's all good. And, and they haven't done that. Or maybe you've been asking for a, a spouse. You're saying, God, I actually want to find somebody, and, and still no one's come along your way. Or maybe you've been trying and praying, God, please may I have a promotion, and every time it's somebody else gets the gap, and it's just not you. I don't know what your story is, but this is the amazing news of this couple, is the angel of the Lord Gabriel appears to them as, they turn, as this, the page turns on their story. The angel of the Lord enters their story, and the first thing he says is this, from heaven, says, fear not, for God has heard your prayers. Just this, this loud, booming voice, fear not, for God has heard your prayers. I want to tell you this evening, Zechariah and Elizabeth had a choice in that moment. Do we hold on to the disappointment and say, ah, we've heard this one before? Or do they take hold of that by faith and say, tonight we're going to, instead of turning to our disappointment, we're going to turn the page. Are we going to turn the page on the story that God has for us? I want to invite you tonight, would you turn the page on your disappointment, sir and ma'am? Because God is wanting to enter your story and write a new day.
Secondly, there's a couple called Mary and Joe. Joseph to the purists. Mary and Joseph, this amazing couple. They're this young, naive, the antithesis of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Because this is a couple that actually, they, in a sense, grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. This, as Zechariah, as Zechariah and Elizabeth might have been the poster, poster couple for the spiritual to break into. Mary and Joseph were definitely not that, the right couple for this thing to happen to. What I mean by this, Joseph had the wrong job. If you want to know, he was a tradesman. He was a man who had rough hands. He was a carpenter. That's what he did. Now, that might not sound too bad, and it, it's, it's not, it's a, it was a, it was a credi- credible uh, career in that, those days, but it was not the right career because every young boy in a Jewish community grew up being schooled in the Torah the, so that they would one day become a priest. If they didn't make it, then the, the best of the best went on to become priests. Those who did not make it, and rabbis and, 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 and in, that, in that era, uh, but those who didn't make it were told, please go and do what your dad does. So when we find that Joseph is a carpenter, this is a boy who is not really at the highest level of academia. He hasn't made it at that pedigree. He's not the spiritual powerhouse of that community. He's just a carpenter. One of the guys who did not really make it. That's what Joseph's story is. Uh, In a sense, he is, every sense of the word, he is average Joe. He's that guy in my mind. Then there's this girl, Mary, who he's engaged to be married with. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, but Mary is a woman, and she and women in that culture were excluded from spiritual life. Not only that, women were not even permitted to handle the Torah, the scriptures of the day. So, woman, Mary and Joe, on the corner of this of the story, they're not the ones that should be engaged with in a spiritual atmosphere. Thirdly, and finally, they're from an area called Nazareth. Now, why this is important is Nazareth is a backwater hillbilly town. It's it's the Pofada. If you're from Porfada, welcome. It's really good to have you here. But it's the place that you don't expect God to be doing amazing things in Porfada. Something's going to come out of Porfada. Nazareth was like that. How do we know? Because in Mark chapter 6, they later on say, nothing good comes from Nazareth. Nothing good comes from Nazareth. This is a couple who by every sense of the word were disqualified by where they came from, who they were, what job they did. They were disqualified. Maybe you're here tonight. And this Christmas you're saying, I'm also, I'm, I'm not enough. I've tried hard this year. I've tried really hard, Gab, but I'm, I'm just not enough. I haven't given my family. It's just seem every time I keep falling short for what my family requires of me. Maybe you're here and you say, I, I'm divorced. Maybe this year was a year where you lost your job, you're jobless. You just, I don't know what does bef- befell you this year, but here's the incredible news. This unqualified, this disqualified couple, heaven breaks in, and the first thing God says to them on this side of the page is, fear not, for you have found favor with God. It's amazing news to this disqualified couple. The, the, the angel of the Lord appears and says, you, God is for you. And this is the amazing understanding in this moment is we have to understand that the enemy will always point out our failures. Look where you come from. Look why you disqualify. Look why you don't measure up for a new story. Look why you, the, you, you actually set for more of the same. Jesus doesn't point to our failures. He just points to our future. He's a God who's preoccupied with where he wants to take you. So this evening, I want to invite you. Maybe you're sitting here tonight. I want to say, would you turn the page on your disqualification tonight? Would you turn the page on where you feel you're not enough? Would you turn the page on and say, I'm going to trust God for a new day? Finally, this evening is a third group, and if I'm, if I'm honest, my favorite, because they're a bunch of guys called shepherds. They, they've got a little catchy tune that gets sung at Christmas time, but besides that, they don't get much limelight in the Christmas story. And actually, they didn't get much limelight in the social picking order of the day, because shepherds were a dime a dozen. 
They were the guys that, uh, they just a sort of thing, if you, if you could not get a job, if you really were scraping the barrel, somebody, the well-meaning guy the interview would say, have you tried shepherding? Because there's just lots of sheep. There'll always be a lot of sheep in Israel. Maybe that's, you're suited for that. And it's like, anyone can do this job and this thing. It's just like a whole bunch of guys. And in my head, I can imagine these, were a bunch, these particular shepherds were a bunch of rough guys. And maybe they'd had a bit of a rough year, December time. They'd had their Christmas party. They're drunk maybe a bit too much because this was an evening. You see, shepherds were dirty, stinky guys. They weren't allowed in the temple. Shepherds, were, had to, when they went to worship, they had to worship at a separate area. They could not go into the same area where everyone else went because they'd been with animals. They'd been out in the fields. So shepherds were excluded in another way from spiritual life in that story. But I can imagine these shepherds, they had a long year. It's been a tough one. No increase. The minimum wage hasn't been given, hadn't been raised. Shepherds were a bit frustrated, so they'd, they'd taken their dop and their chop and, uh, for their party, and they had no promotion. And that, that night, they'd been drinking a little bit on there while washing their socks by night. And uh, Sorry, it's, just a, it's a song. Uh, and as they sat there doing that, all of a sudden, these dysfunctional people, this dysfunctional group of people who I can imagine had, were vulgar mouthed, foul mouthed, and had, were quick with their tongues, actually were, they'd never even thought of being a part of this story. The spiritual life that God wanted to do. They were like, you know what? We just got my habits. We're just going to keep going on with what, what we've got to do. The angels, the heavens open up on these guys. Not on the spiritual elite, but on these guys. The heavens open up a massive chorus of angels. And they are singing and belting out. I can imagine one shepherd looking at the other saying, what the heck was in those drinks? What the heck? This is crazy. As the heavens open up. And this is what the, amazing, the, the song, part of the song that the angels sing to these shepherds is they declare that Jesus has come. They say, glory to God and peace on earth with whom God is pleased. Say, glory to God and peace on earth with whom he is pleased. They declare this over a bunch of dysfunctional rebels, shepherds who have been outcast by society and just settled down and they, and, and they, they got stuck on their side of the page. This is our story and this is what I'm good for for the rest of my life. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, I, I'm, I'm a bit dysfunctional, Gabe. I'm addicted. I've got secret shame. I've got habits I just can't kick. I've got memories that I wish, wish I could erase, but I can't. Got stuck on that page. I just can't move forward. I want to tell you tonight, God comes here and he says, I'm pleased with you. Peace for whom I am pleased with. And God is wanting to put peace even in the most chaotic heart. He's wanting to breathe that into your hearts tonight. And I want to encourage you, would you turn the page on your shame? Would you turn the page on your dysfunction this evening? So this evening, in brief, I want to invite you, would you and I take up the call of Christmas to turn the page on our disappointments on our disqualifications, on our dysfunctions, would we turn the page? I want to land by telling you the story about another thing that has come now that I've become a dad. Is that out of home? Whenever we put the, the washing machine on, it's linked to an outside drain. And what happens in the windy Cape Town, that drain gets clogged very quickly with a whole bunch of leaves. And every week or so, a week or two, my wife is quite kind. She'll say to me, Gabe, your job now is to go and clean the, the drain. We want that thing to be flowing, and it's just getting swampy out there. It's not a great thing. It's right at our entrance of our house. So out goes Gabe, cleaning out the drain with the leaves. And you know when it starts getting a bit mushy down there, it's like, oh, why did I sign up for this? And you start to go, in there and the arm goes deeper in, and, I, and eventually all the leaves are out. I think it's great. And I take, take the trash out and throw it away. We put the, the washing machine on again, and uh, it's still overflowing. 
It's the most frustrating thing in the world because I know there's a problem deeper down. And I tell you, I've cleaned that drain from those leaves about countless times this year. I don't want to exaggerate a number. But countless times I've gone out to clean those leaves and expecting a different result. And every time I come back and that same drain is overflowing again. With leaves, without, because there's a problem deeper down, not just at the surface level. And I want to tell you, here's the problem for you and I. You and I, the biggest problem is that we can turn the page tonight and say, it's a fresh start, it's 1st January, I'm going to go to gym next year, I'm going to try harder next year, I'm going to go get a job, I'm going to, you know what, next year is going to be a good year. We can try our hardest and do that and turn the, the page on our own. But here's the problem, that for you and I to run with the metaphor is just like me cleaning the leaves off the top. Because there's a problem internally deeper that we need to address. There's an internal problem that needs to be sorted out. Because here's the understanding is that God tonight is wanting to do a deep work in you and I. This Christmas, God is wanting to not just come and give a mere superficial coating on your pain. Just cover it up, mask it up, and we'll move forward. Toughen it up, man. No, he's not wanting to do that. He's also saying where you have no ability to move on from the deep-seated lack of peace, he wants to minister at a deep internal level. And that's why for me Christmas is the best story of all because it tells us of a baby who came. Jesus came in the form of a baby. Not in the form of a conquering king, not in the form of somebody to rise in, but he came in weakness to embrace our weakness. But here's the thing, he didn't stay as a baby. He grew up and for 33 years, Jesus Embraced every bit of smallness. He got called the carpenter's son. He was a man who, whose, whose prayers seemingly fell on deaf, deaf ears later when he said, My father, my father, why, why, why have you forsaken me? It seemed like God wasn't hearing his prayers. He embraced every dysfunction on the cross where 33 years later when he died a death on the cross that you and I deserved and paid the price that we should have paid. When he died on that cross, he became the dysfunctional man. He became the addict. He became the broken man. Why? So that you and I could have a new day. Here is the truth of the matter, that Jesus came and when he died, he effectively closed the page on your history and opened the page for a new future. On that Sunday, when Jesus rose from the dead, the greatest news for humanity is this, that God turned the page and said, the old things are gone, the new has come. Behold, new creations. And the invitation went out to humanity to reach out and say, Jesus, we're going to take this new story. This evening, I want to ask you or, or, or emphasize this quote that Jesus, the whole meaning of Christmas, if you want to know what the invitation is this Christmas, is this, the Son of Man, the Son of God, Jesus, the Son of God became the Son of Man so that sons of men could become sons of God. Let me say it one more time, the Son of God became the Son of Man so that sons of men could become the sons of God. Let's pray tonight. Let's bow our heads, please. This evening, I want to pray a simple prayer. If you, like me, have got disappointments in your heart, but saying, tonight, I'm not going to walk out this room holding on to my disappointments, rehearsing them again and again, staying on that side of the page. Maybe you've got disqualifications that have been shouting over you again and again, and you just can't move on, but saying, tonight, Gabe, I want to walk free from that. Maybe tonight you're here and you're saying, my dysfunctions, I've carried these, these, these addictions, the secret shame, this pain, this, this guilt that I've got. I've carried it for too long. I want out. Tonight, the invitation to turn the pages there, and I'd love to pray for you this evening. 
But before we do that, I'm going to count to three. And if you, I'm not going to ask you to do anything else. The only thing I'm going to do is on the count of three, with every eye closed, if you are saying tonight, I need Jesus to come and help me turn the page on whatever you've been walking, whatever you've been facing. But you're saying tonight, I need Jesus to go, not just as a superficial level, but at a deep internal level. I need freedom. If that's you tonight with courage, you're going to say, I'm going to turn the page. I'm going to ask you to put your hand up. I'm going to count to three. No one else is going to be looking around. It's just a sign of faith to say, Jesus, I'm turning the page. Number one, he hears your prayers. He is for you and he's pleased with you. Two, he wants his sons and daughters back. Three, it's time to turn the page. If that's you, could you lift your hand up so I can pray? Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Cool. Let's keep it up and just keep your hand, heart open to God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these hands that are lifted to you tonight. This is a night where you are doing internal work in our hearts, God. Not at a superficial level, not just coming with more religious jargon, but actually you're coming. And you're saying, fear not, I've heard your prayers. God is for you. And you're coming saying, I bring you peace with whom I am pleased. I'm pleased with you. And I thank you, God, in this moment, you're giving courage to hearts in this room to turn the page. To turn the page on the old, say, I'm moving away from the old. I'm not going to be stuck any longer in disappointment, in dysfunction, in disqualification. I'm turning the page. Tonight, on this Christmas, this Christmas, the 24th of December, will be remembered because this is the night I embraced the fullness of your work, Jesus that the Son of God became the Son of Man so that I could become a Son of God. I thank you, Jesus, that you're doing this deep work in every heart here, especially in the ones with their hands lifted up in faith. I thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.